the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, family. Ron Geyer back again with End Time Insights. We're living in the last days, and we need to be aware of God's timeline because things are different than they have been in the past. You know, the Bible says at the end of the days, the devil, right, he knows his time is short. He's pulling out all the stops. And this conflict, this war over in the Middle East with Israel and Hamas, it's just one further sign how close we are to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Another sign would be that in the last days men would be lovers of themselves and obviously if you live in materialistic america you know that man loves himself whether it's our athletes our preachers or the hollywood crowd go to facebook selfies right we just talk about ourselves you know people they just post pictures of themselves all the time we truly are in love with with ourselves I don't need to know what you're eating i don't need to know about your newest dress your athletic accomplishments you know We're bragging on our children all the time. We're pimping our daughters. We're making heroes of our young men. And we don't realize what we're doing to their psyche. We don't realize how we are enabling them for future self-grandizement. I mean, we are just in the ditch on so many things because we have rejected the Word of God. We're talking about 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, with the 18, 19 characteristics of end-time mankind behavior. And we only talked about, once again, there's the heading, which is perilous time shall come because men shall be lovers of themselves. So today's message, last week was dangerous days. Today it's going to be dangerous people. And uh, we spoke last week, these people are dangerous because they love themselves. Their interests are put before your interest. If it's between you and them, they're going to choose you. You know, I remember, well, I don't remember, but I learned that before 1927, 1928, 1929, the public education system, we would teach our children through a moral standpoint, through a moral prism. We would base right and wrong, success and failure on morality. And that changed in the late 20s, and we decided, no, no, we're no longer going to teach our children through a moral point of view. We're going to change that. We're now going to teach our children in the public education system through an economic point of view. And we see that. We weren't going to teach them how to be good Christian moral people. Now we're going to teach them how to be successful economically. And I get a kick out of it because 1929, what? The Great Depression. God says, we're we're going to put up with this. And we need to recognize when God speaks to us so that we know we're in error so that we can correct the errors. God takes no joy in allowing people to choose hell over heaven. And he will do everything that he can 
And the Bible is his starting point for that for us who are alive today. So that's why we teach the Bible. That's why we read the Bible. You cannot know God if you don't know your Bible. Let me say that again. If you're not reading your Bible, if you're not allowing God to tell you who he is, man's going to mess that up. And you're not going to know God as he wants to be known. For example, what is it? Uh, uh, Psalm 69, I think. Is that it? Right? God is known by the judgments which he executes. One of my favorite verses. So last week we were speaking about man loving himself. We were speaking about man being greedy. The love of money is the root of every evil. And, you know, as we read these verses, it's telling because America is truly a a materialistic society. And I'm going to talk to you about the preacher that came to town a couple of weeks ago and what he did from the pulpit. And it's just going to pinpoint for you. It's going to give you an example of what's taking place in many of our churches today. First Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of every evil. And while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. Loving money is a drifting away from the faith. People say, well, you need money to finance the gospel. I would disagree. You need faith and you need obedience. That's how the Bible reveals that the gospel is financed. You know, the gospel is spiritual. You don't fund something spiritual with materialistic means. And it's so obvious. So it says that they coveted after money. They have erred from the faith and they have pierced themselves through with many sorrows, you know, and that's why mankind is dangerous to mankind because he's walking around wounded. He's walking around pierced with many self-inflicted arrows. And one of those comes from the love of money. The Phillips translation of First Timothy 6.10, for men who set their hearts on being wealthy. But look at what's next. Men who set their hearts on being wealthy expose themselves to other temptations. They fall into the one of the world's traps and lay themselves open to all sorts of silly and wicked desires. This is me. The spiritual state of our nation, of mankind in America, is just, it's decrepit. It's in just falling down. It's wicked. They're getting further and further and further away from the Lord Jesus Christ. We have truly fallen into one of the world's traps, the love of money, even in the church. And we have laid ourselves open to all sorts of silly and wicked desires. And these silly and wicked desires, they are quite capable of utterly ruining and destroying men's souls. Phillips is writing, for loving money leads to all kinds of evil. And some men in the struggle to be rich have lost their faith and caused themselves untold agonies of their mind. You know, we try not to rag on people, especially ministers. You know, oh, they got good hearts. They've got our best at, at heart. And, you know, they want the best for us and everything like that. That's just not true anymore. There's so many false counterfeits in our pulpits today. We can no longer shy away from addressing the issue in our leaders and in some cases look within ourselves as well. Look at the language. There is much evil in this world, but loving money is the root of that evil. If we could cut off evil at the root, that would go a long way towards protecting men's souls from destruction. Philip says, quite capable of utterly ruining and destroying their souls, this love of money is. Second Peter 2, 3, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. They whose judgment now for a long time lingers not and their damnation slumbers not. Whew. The Amplified, Second Peter 2, chapter 2, verse 3, and in your greed, they will exploit you with false arguments and twisted doctrine. Their sentence of condemnation, which God has already decreed from a time long ago, 
is no longer idle, but it's still in force, and their destruction and deepening misery is not asleep, but it's well on its way. Look at the phrase false arguments and twisted doctrines. We see that just because you love money doesn't keep it in that singular era. It expands. It creates all sorts of other errors and all sorts of other doctrines that are contrary to God's word. You know, I don't go looking for false stuff or false preachers on the Internet. I don't surf the Internet. That's not me. You know, I may get on the Internet and look for sports scores or something like that. But most of my time on the Internet is spent on Bible Gateway, other Bible commentaries, Precept Austin. I am studying the Word of God. I'm not looking to find fault with people. I am looking for the truth. But now and then I'll get something sent to me or it'll just pop up. Recently, someone sent me a video of one such teacher in the Bible, and I was shocked at what he was saying. It just blew my mind. I couldn't believe that a man of God who I knew and trusted for all these years would actually say stuff like this. And then it just revealed to me this man is trapped. He has been snared by his love for money. You know, he preached in the morning, he preached in the evening, and the entire narrative that he spoke about was money. He bragged about his cars, his Corvettes. He talked about the fact that somebody gave him a Corvette. He spoke about the fact that houses, another preacher of the same ilk, talked about the fact that he had uh, 22 chandeliers in his home. I think I mentioned this last week. And each chandelier was worth more than your home. I mean, okay, you want to be rich? I get that. But then bragging about being rich as a minister of the gospel? These people have been snared. They are held captive by their lust for riches. So it immediately made me go to the verse in Second Peter. That's why I just gave it to you, because I knew it was in one of the Bible versions about twisted doctrine. Yes, once we sit under false or twisted doctrine, it deadens our ears to the real truth. Don't forget, we're talking about danger from people. When you sit under twisted doctrine, you know, your church, your church, your preacher, he's supposed to preach you the truth. He's supposed to teach you the truth for the truth, by the truth, with the truth. You're supposed to be sharpened for truth. You should have your senses alive where you recognize truth and you recognize deception. Nobody should be able to pull the wool over your eyes, as the expression goes. But unfortunately, these people are deliberate. It's an intentional move that they're doing to get your money in their pockets. And what happens when you sit under that? You become victims of twisted doctrine. Once again, the enemy, he isn't at the gate, he's inside the gate. And it's not just any gate, it's our gate. He's inside your gate, he's inside my gate. He's inside the gate of the church because the shepherds have not guarded the gate. You know, we learned something about shepherds in our teaching on marriage last week, that the shepherds at night, they take their sheep into the sheepfold, right? And you know where the shepherds would sleep? They sleep at the gate, Because that's where they can protect the sheep. You have to go through the shepherd to get to the sheep. Now, it's the shepherd that are the wolves. That's what I mean when they're inside the gate. Okay? We've let them in. It talks about, did I give you this verse? I think it talked about the itching ears. No, that may be next week. But we're desiring money. They've won. You know, this preacher I'm talking about, he gave you a lesson on how to be covetous. And he trained you to be covetousness, using his covetousness as a sign that God wants to bless you. And we sit through that. We fall for that. We were in Bible study. Many of our people who attend our Bible study heard it, and they thought this guy was great. I go, you're kidding me. There was this one point he talked about the fact that Paul had a spirit. uh, He had a mindset 
of, what's the word, materialistic. He had a materialistic mindset. That's what they said. The Apostle Paul had a materialistic mindset. That got my attention. I go, you're kidding me, right? We know what Paul wrote. He said that, uh, set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. He talked about the fact that we need to be spiritual people. In Philippians, where he talked about that, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, right? I set my sights on what's ahead. He denies all these earthly things. He says, I consider them but rubbish. And so this preacher actually said that Paul had a materialistic mindset. Now, I know why he did that. He did that to justify his materialistic mindset. And if he says that and convinces you that he would never call it a good thing, he just wanted to show you where this preacher, he gave evidence by Scripture to show you that Paul had a materialistic mindset. And the verse that he used was, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, the things that the things that God has prepared for them who love him. The things, he goes, see, Paul covered it after things. God wants you to have things. And uh, it made me sick. So I checked out the scripture. I did a study on it. And the things which God is talking about, he's talking about, the deep things of God. He's talking about spiritual wisdom. He's not talking about things that are promised for us in heaven, and he's definitely not talking about cars and houses and money. He's talking about the wisdom of God, the deep things of God that call unto you. And it was just, I, you could call it heresy, you call it blasphemy, you call it false teaching, put any name on it that you want. But that came right out of the pulpit by a so-called man of God. So I got furious about that. We talked to our Bible group about that, and just amazing Amazing, amazing, amazing. First Corinthians two nine, but it is written, I have not seen, nor ear has heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them. That's just amazing. He said, See, Paul was promoting us having things that God has prepared for us. Therefore God wants you to have things. After all, he prepared them for you. Whew. You know, that that's just evil. That's just demonic. And if you read, it talks about spiritual things, verses 7 through 10. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known, they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But. God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Reading that verse, it's obvious Paul is nowhere near close to describing the material blessings of God. That thought never crossed my mind when I read it. I knew it was false because I know Paul's Spirit. Paul's Spirit is all over the pages of the Bible. Colossians 3, 2, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. That doesn't sound like materialistic-minded man to me. Philippians 3, 8. But more than that, I count everything as loss compared to the priceless privilege and supreme advantage of knowing Christ, hmm, my Lord, and of growing more deeply and thoroughly acquainted with him, a joy that's unequaled. For his sake, I have lost everything, and I consider it all garbage, rubbish, trash, so that I may gain Christ. I really don't think I need to go further in defending Paul. I think you all know there wasn't anything ever materialistic about Paul. So then why did this preacher say that? Because a good man, Luke 6.45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. 
For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you can talk about money and materialistic blessings for two hours on a Sunday morning, you're revealing your heart. You know, we talk about the things that we love. Some people talk about their family, their children. We talk about money for two hours. What does that tell you? This guy loves money. Remember, human nature, folks, mankind talks about the things that we love. It's just a habit. Listen to people. You can listen to somebody talk for 10 minutes, and it will reveal to you exactly where they are in their relationship with God. So Second Peter 2.14, having eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. Listen to this. Having hearts trained in greed. Obviously, this man's heart has been trained in greed. That's what he was talking about. All I can say is this. His words gave him away, and at the end, they didn't have an altar call for repentance of souls. They gave an altar call for your money. I mean, there it is right there. Come on, folks, wake up. You need to leave these people behind. So I've just pointed out to you one man's greed from the pulpit. Got a great big following. This brother happens to have a pulpit assignment from God. If your spirit isn't grieved, if your biblical sensibilities haven't been warned, then if something like this doesn't sound alarm bells in your soul, that's up to you. That's between you and God. I'll say no more. But there's another concern here that is just as weighty, and that is, where is your shepherd in all of this? Where was the pastor of the church saying, whoa, 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 back up. This is wrong. Don't they protect us? Don't they love us? Is he asleep at the gate, really, instead of guarding the gate? Where is the man that God sent to feed your spirit to truth? Where is the man that God sent to guard your soul or to secure your salvation and sanctification? I'm just a Bible teacher. Many people call me pastor. I like to think of myself as a shepherd because I care about the people and I watch over them and I'm hoping that I'm protecting them through revealing the word of God, telling them the truth so that they can recognize the counterfeit when it comes before them. But where is that man of God in a church like this? Why is he not watching out for his sheep? Does he not love them? Or is he too trapped? Right? I am not that man. I'm just a Bible teacher. But these guys are pastors that allow these preachers to come in and talk to you like that. That's the danger from man that I'm talking about. My anointing to teach should take a backseat to your pastor's shepherd's anointing. He has the responsibilities for your souls, not me. Technically, that's true. But I do take that responsibility because I consider myself a pastoral assistant. I consider myself a watchman, a sentinel. I consider myself someone who helps a pastor. I'm not trying to critique a pastor or get people out of their churches. In all the years we've been doing this and all the people that we've met, counseled, talked to, prayed with, only one time did I ever tell anybody to leave their church. And this man is a close friend of mine, and he just recently has left that church. And it got to the point he was criticizing the church while he was there. That's not good. So you get out of that church, okay? But basically, I'm warning people who sit under this type of ministry. I actually talked to a couple of them recently, and it was amazing. Because they had said prior to me doing this teaching that, oh, yeah, this teaching was great. Three of them. I asked another lady. I said, well, did you hear the lesson? I go, yeah, well, what would you think about it? She goes, well, you know, there was some, I take the good stuff and I throw away the bad stuff. I said, all I did was give you scriptures, what was bad, right? She goes, well, you know, Pastor so-and-so, you know, he's growing. (sighs) He's been a leader at that church for over 20 years. I think he would be able to tell the difference between a wolf and a sheep. 
Okay. And so, you know, it's, it, it's tough on my end because I don't want anybody to leave their church. That's not my decision to make. I would never push anybody in that direction. And yet, when you're confronted with the Word of God and you hear it, what I've said, and on the other hand, you've listened to this false teaching that was all about giving him your money, you should have a discernment. You should be able to recognize what's going on. And that is the point that I'm making. If you are not getting fed truth, by the truth, from the truth, for the truth, if you are not sitting and eating truth in your church, your ears get deadened, they get desensitized, and you no longer can tell the difference between truth and deception. And that's why I say the greatest danger from man is man. We need to be made wise to that. That's out there. It's not nuclear holocaust. It's not global warming. It's not an asteroid that's coming to destroy us. It's the danger from man. And truth be told, it's not even a danger from Hamas. It's a, or a false religion. It's a danger from church man. Man that's sitting in your church, not guarding your soul. Hebrews thirteen seven. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you. I get that. I get that. We bend over backwards. Continuing on, for these spiritual leaders, they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who will give an account of their stewardship of you. Let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans, for this would be of no benefit to you. You know, the reason Diane and I are no longer in an organized church somewhere is because we felt our leaders in our two past churches did not have a heart for truth. We feel they did not love us. They were not willing to lay down our lives for the sheep. We feel that they were too blinded to guard us as they should. And so we left. And we've taken a lot of heat for that. Now, my very first pastor, John Osteen, he did all of that. He was a great man. We love him. And matter of fact, his wife, Dodie, just had her 90th birthday. God bless Dodie. Pastor John's been uh, gone for maybe 20, 25 years. But he was a true shepherd. He watched out for us. He told us the hard truths of God. We used to love that. We'd go there on a uh, Sunday morning, and it was great. We'd go there on a Wednesday, and it was great. And then we'd go back on Sunday night. And Sunday night, he spoke to us as his children, which he should. He spoke to us as family. He told us about the way ladies should dress. He told us about the habits that we had in front of other people because that was our witness. He told us about doing things that would compromise our witness. He told us about the fact that um, we're supposed to be refraining from the appearance of evil. I mean, he guarded us and he warned us and he spoke to us as a dad to a child and My dad passed away uh, 30 years ago, maybe 40 years ago. I'm not quite sure. Maybe 30 years ago. So I'm missing a dad the last few decades in my life. And I kind of felt that he took that role spiritually. And it it, it was good. We trusted him. He had no agenda. He, He was just a great, great, great man. So I just want to give him honor because he really blessed my wife and I. Anyway, so then we're talking about is your pastor guarding you? Is your pastor asleep at the gate? Is he guarding you, watching at the gate? There's a huge difference there. I would pray and encourage you to be wise concerning where you are going to church. There's danger everywhere in our pulpits. You need to check out what your pastor says against the Word of God. I don't believe I have a critical spirit or a critical nature. That is not who I am. And yet God brings things across my path that 
people don't tell you. Your, your pastor's not going to warn you against false teachers. He could be one. Your pastor's not going to give you the word of God concerning uh, not having a greedy heart. Chances are he is one. You know, they take on responsibilities and they fall in debt and they borrow money for these great big buildings. And next thing you know, there's offerings for this and offerings for that. A lot of them are carnal in their attempt to fix your bodies about these healthy food classes, about exercising and stuff. They bring these teachers into the church just with heaping teachers to ourselves. We like what they're telling us. And you can have a great body, right? You can eat healthy and live forever, right? Well, what about your soul? Your shepherd, he's supposed to be guarding your soul. That's what we have undertaken. That's the ministry that God has given to us. We pray that God would keep you from deceptive voices, from the danger of man to your soul. At the end of the day, it's all about your soul. What does a prophet, the man, if he gains the whole world, builds the greatest building, has 27 cars, he has museums for his motorcycles. How important is that when it counts to the charge of watching out for your soul? We pray for your soul. We ask God to keep you, to watch out for you, to send laborers across your path that would minister to you the truth because they truly love you, in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.